Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. There you go. Hey, hey. Howdy, folks. Happy Monday. Uh, we were having some doubts there whether, whether talk or their uh, uh, um, streaming are going to kick over. But it did, and uh, we will start the uh, the post Super Bowl pre show with Russ. Go ahead, Russ. So I want to make an announcement since nobody else is. Pitchers and catchers will not be reporting on time for for Major League Baseball. Neither the Players Association or the Commissioner have decided that that's been delayed. But I'm telling you, it's been delayed. And now um, first workout, which is all supposed to put, all of it's supposed to start tomorrow for that. That's not happening. And then. Players, positional players are supposed to report on the 20th. I'm going to tell you that's not happening either. I just feel like somebody should say something. And since there are people out there that still care about baseball, I want it to be that person. Since, since Rob Manfred is gutless and, and can't say it, or, or even some people in the Players Association. Nobody's saying it. Yeah. Not a yeah. Piece. You know, I, I actually have fond memories of the uh, opening of uh, baseball uh, spring training for a couple of reasons. Uh I lived about uh, 80 yards from uh, a Tasty Freeze when I was a kid. A Tasty <laughs> Freeze was uh, like a Dairy Queen. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and um, uh, they always opened up on the very, in the spring. Uh, it wasn't really spring. It was winter. Uh, right. At the same time that the Tigers opened spring training. So, you know, it was like a, a double boost. You could start reading about the Tigers, and uh, you could also get uh, a chocolate chocolate uh, vanilla cone or a hot fudge sundae. Uh, so it was always, uh, uh, well, you know, a, a great time to be a, a seven-year-old. We, so. we, okay, we, we had Dairy Queens, Dairy Queens in Buffalo, but we also had Carvel. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, sure. So, and, yeah, and Car Carvel stayed open all throughout the year because Carvel, right. unlike Dairy Queen, Dairy Queen, they were sort of like, um like sort of these like little shack type of places they weren't like like established stores they were like and you know they would close down in the winter because it was but carvel they, they were always like in a strip mall and they you know people would yeah. go in to buy the cookie puss or or you know get a get a ice cream sandwich or something like that even in the dead of winter but you know it's, uh, it's so funny because uh i had a carvel really close to me here in jersey that has been closed probably for a decade uh But, you know, I was here for like the first, you know, 15 years when I was here. And in, in, obviously on Long Island, they're everywhere. But Plymouth, Michigan has a Carvel, which was crazy to me. I was like, wow, they actually have a Carvel. But because the Carvel cakes are delivered everywhere now, if I just, if I get a feeling for Carvel, I just buy one of the small cakes. Yeah, it's sort of sort of like Krispy Kreme donuts now, Russ. They're they're yeah. they're in Seven Elevens now. Yeah. Not, you don't need a Krispy Kreme store. They're they're basically distributed, you know, throughout. Um, okay, so start us off with the pre-show, the Super Bowl pre-show. So Super Bowl, I guess we'll do the commercials. We could all say what our favorite one is. Uh, mine was the Toyota with Eugene Levy. I enjoyed that one. Maybe it went a little long, but it was really good. Uh, I like the one with Eugene Levy. Uh, whatever <laughs> it's you know it, it's sarah michelle galar but every but it's really geller everybody's got their own pronunciations but i think that was that was my favorite um, yeah, i like the bowling um oh, okay. and, you know, had all the stars and the, the big lebowski uh yeah yeah 
a feel to it and then having Serena walk in. That was, cool. end, it was it was it was awesome. I liked the Joneses was terrific. Joneses um, was good. Yeah. Um they weren't and, as a whole I didn't find the commercials as good as in previous years. I I could tell you three or four that were decent, but that's it. Usually it's like all of them. But this year well, I felt okay. like they were missing the mark on some. I know the I know the one that won the uh, the USA Today award, which was the Anna Kendrick Barbie, Barbie mortgage commercial, which is not that, that's cute. not it was cute, right? That, that's yeah, it not was. it was that, nice. That's aimed towards me, but I thought it was cute. I'll tell you what, easily, and there were like three or four that I thought were pretty decent. Easily, the worst commercial was the Matthew McConaughey one. It was. No, the, I mean, it it was bad only because. This is the only thing I would say about it. You know, we had seen it for the last two or three weeks. I mean, the idea was cool, you know, I mean, because he's right. You know, I mean, I'm a big space guy, but, you know, we got to take care of our own issues here. Uh, Right. Now, I missed missed the one I didn't, you know, because I was flipping channels back and forth between uh, reruns of NCIS. Um, But... (laughs) But uh, but the uh, I, I missed the QR, the commercial that was 60 seconds of a QR code bouncing back and forth. I mean, apparently that was annoying. $13 million they spent I for know. a 60 second ad and that's what you spent it on? I'll give it to me. I'll, I'll you know, the, the, that's it's high I, concept, Mike. As a guy, yeah, as a guy said this morning on a podcast that I was watching. Uh, everybody in the world's talking about that ad today, and that is the objective. Of oh, yeah. Objective. yeah, so. But but apparently. Well, they, hooked, they hooked the mic. I wasn't going to talk to Well, him. But apparently, well, no, but this is, the, this is the funny thing. Okay, yeah, everybody's talking about it probably negatively, you know, because it was the worst. But the, the site crashed. Well, of course, that's good news. Yeah, no, that's exactly what the guys said. It, it, you know, that's that's exactly what you're going for as you yeah. want. You know, because then they got a second kick at it because yeah. now everybody's talking about how the site crashed. So. Right, and they're going to go back. Yeah, yeah Th- Thomas Boyle has a, that was Schwar- the Schwarzenegger the commercial was good. Yeah, was. that was pretty decent. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think Russ's uh, take on it, I, I didn't see as many as uh, uh, normally that I really like. I, I like the, the Budweiser horse, uh, you know, just because horses don't normally yeah. get up after a leg injury. So, yeah. Um, I was no, kind of true. happy about that. Uh, uh, I, I thought I thought there were you know probably ten that were you know really piqued my interest, but not as many as uh, normal. I can't. I never understand though when you know as in the McConaughey commercial and there were a few others. They're commercials that we had seen all week, and yet you're paying Super Bowl rates to get them on. No, that doesn't make sense to me well, either. From, from what the, from what they were saying, from what I, I heard an interview this morning, they said, "Well, the, the commercials that were out there a week before were sort of teaser commercials. They were like 15, 30 Oh yeah, seconds. right. It wasn't the full. One. And and here they they went the full sixty seconds, and I'm like, well, okay. Now, um, there were a couple. There were a couple movie commercials, and Russ, you know, the Jurassic. The, the, the Jurassic World. I mean, are you done with that? Or? I am. I actually put on Twitter, what's going to happen first? Will the dinosaurs die first or Sam Neill? And people were saying Sam Neill would uh, outlive the dinosaurs. Well, well. <laughs> I mean, it's just so over. It's well, like- if he doesn't, you'll be the first to report it. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, so. but, so, but see, the thing is, we, we can't say that we can't say that the Jurassic World or Jurassic Park has been beaten into the dirt because they're they've only reached six, whereas uh, Star Wars has reached nine. Yeah, so, but okay, Star Wars yeah. has functioning, talking people. The stars of this are dinosaurs, and last I looked, none of them talk. Yeah, oh, don't, but the, don't be don't be that kind. Don't don't be that cruel to Laura Dern. Come on. Yeah, I, I you know I, I don't like to criticize movies that have the extended runs because just because I don't watch them, but you know the reason they have, they, they, the they have the reason they have the extended runs is because there's a lot of people watching them. I did so. watch the the one a couple of movies ago when they first got it back into like movie theaters after probably like a six seven year gap. I did watch that. And I thought it was okay. And then I was like, the next one, I was like, no. And now this is the second one after that. And well, that's why they had to bring back the, the cast of the original one, because the second one was not that good. Um, okay, getting to the game. Um, I, again, this is the thing. I, I really didn't care that much about the game. Like, if it was Kansas City, I would have had a rooting interest to root against Mahomes. I, I didn't care one way or the other who won this game. So I could, I could sort of sit back and enjoy it without that visceral hatred, Kev. And, and, you know, it was a decent game. It was not. Yeah, bad. no, I mean, I mean, obviously the pe people in Detroit, we had a vested interest. It felt like it was our quarterback out there and, uh, you know, Stafford threw three touchdown passes. And uh, um, so, you know, and we got the desired result. Um, you know, I think everyone hoped Stafford was going to win and he did. And, you know, as as many people wrote on Facebook today, just thereby proving what we've all known that it's never been the players; it's been the management that has caused the, uh, you know, the issues in Detroit through the years because that's the most consistent theme. So, and then you know, everybody's listed Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders and all the great talented players that the Lions have had that have never been surrounded by other talented players. And uh, Stafford's that guy. I mean, I've always liked Stafford. I, I always have viewed him as as kind of a bulldog pitcher type of guy where, you know, he just grinds it out, uh, finds a way to get it done. Um, you know, he's going to eventually before he's done, he started, obviously he started young. He's, he was a starting quarterback, I think, when he was 22. Um, yeah, I was still on him at the beginning, but, but he's a lot better now with the team around him and you could see it and, and I, I knew a couple of years ago he was really good, but at the beginning I wasn't sold on him. I, I admit that. Yeah, well, but, you know, he has been a guy, uh, you know, early on, um, you know, people said that he was injury prone. He had a couple of years in a row where he was hurt, and he hasn't been injured since then. You know, yeah. he kind of pulled his, his uh, you know, pulled it all together. And, uh, you know, he, he's going to end up with, before said and done, he'll be one of the most prolific passers. Oh, yeah, he's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, I mean, already he's, you know, his numbers are just staggering. Yeah, he's, had so many, he's had so many 300-yard gains of so many come-from-behind wins. And even in that game, like, he wasn't even a consideration for MVP, and yet he threw three touchdown passes. That's a fair point. That, that's really a fair point. I mean, yeah. look, most of us picked the Rams to win, and they did, but most of us also were like, boy, this refereeing is really getting dicey in, in, in these Super Bowls. And we, we saw a makeup call. We see it all the time in hockey, Kev, and – we probably saw one in the Super Bowl too, and it's like, you know, at this point, I can't get mad at it. It's not my teams. I I don't have the same vitriol that some people do, but I get what they're seeing. Like we get to see it all, and yeah. 
know. but that's been going on for so long. I mean, you know how I feel I about officiating. It is what it is. Yep. It's you know, it's human. It's never it's until you make it robotic. It's always going to be like this, and we don't want it yep. to be robotic. So, and you know, I just remember the great Brian Lewis telling me, Kevin, don't you think if we could find better referees, we'd hire them? <laughs> yeah, and the answer, of course, is yes. I know they would like to. You know, so you know, there's the part of it. I I actually thought. I take nothing away from the MVP. He's a terrific player. He's had an unbelievable he year. Um, but, you know, he had 39 yards. And, I, know, I thought Donald was, was the MVP. I did, yeah. too. I, my wife and I both thought Luke Donald had changed the game. Yeah. Um, you know, when he started uh, uh, putting pressure on, it became a whole different game. The whole second you know, half was a whole different story. Matter of fact, Mike and I talked at halftime, and I said to him that I didn't believe the Bengals' offensive line, which was bad all year, could hold up another half against the Rams. I said there's good. They're gonna start to have problems, and they did almost immediately. Well, well I think the game actually changed on that out of bounds uh, shenanigans. Right. Uh, you know, he chased him out. He threw him out. Uh, there was no flag on the play because it was a legitimate, uh, you know, throwdown. Uh, and right after that, they started to put. It got him so jacked up. Yeah, it fired him up. You're right. Yeah, he had all kinds of pressure. Well, I'm surprised. I'm surprised one of the. Uh, I'm surprised one of the Bengals' offensive linemen didn't try to tr try to take they, out. Donald. They did. No, they did. And he they got did. Yeah. Yeah. Penalty. Yeah. He went after him. Yeah. But um, uh, so. Uh, yeah. And I have to. Say, I have to say. Have to say this, because um, I'm sure it's particularly heartbreaking. This is the you know thirty some odd years apart. Uh, the Bengals lose Super Bowls. You know they lost the John Taylor late touchdown with Montana with the, you know, the, the almost perfect drive late in, uh, late in regulation, which I, I, I remember the story. I think somebody said Montana to like sort of calm down the, his teammates um, had said something like, Hey, there's John Candy. Like, yeah, John yeah, yeah, I remember that. You're and, right. And that sort of calmed down everybody because they were all yeah. over Clemp because Cincinnati was leading late in the fourth quarter. I mean, Cincinnati, they had the ball at midfield after the chase catch and they had a first and 10, I think around the 50 and third and one, they get stuffed. And that, that really killed it because then you well, really I think going for it on fourth and one early in the game kind of oh, killed oh, it because it led to a touchdown that probably yeah. wouldn't have been a touchdown. And maybe the complexion of the game would have stayed a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, the one thing I'll tell you, and I could be wrong about this, because it is a long time ago, but I didn't feel like since he's coach coached a great game, and I'm not sure Sam White's coached a great game either. And I think that's what they have in common. Yeah, but I, Russ, I think Mike's right on that. I I thought I thought they were marching down for the tying field goal. Okay. Um, and that's but they also the said change. they were going to go for it. Yeah, they and that's the coach's decision. That's the other thing, Kev. The coach said no matter what, they were going for it. They were never going to kick a field goal. Yeah, but I don't think that changed anything. I think okay. when they didn't make it on that down, as Mike said, that okay. changed everything because they had self-doubt, and then they decided to pass on fourth down. Yeah. And I thought that was the thing. I thought they should have ran it again. Um, yeah. I, and, I, think, uh, I, 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 think, point. I can't I think, say no. I think the Cincinnati coach basically was going to – it was sort of like um, the Bills when they played Tennessee earlier in the year and fourth and one – down near the goal line and they ran J Josh Allen and okay. everybody second guessed them because they ran him instead of throwing the ball. 
I, I think that Taylor, the, the, the Cincinnati coach, was like, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose throwing the ball. I'm not going to lose running the ball because they fell short on third and one. But Aaron Donald, they had seven sacks in the second half. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the Cincinnati general manager, last note on this, the Cincinnati general manager, I don't care if you have to sp spend all seven of your draft picks on offensive linemen. You're going to get your quarterback killed if you don't get him protected. He's one of the best young quarterbacks in football, and you better dra draft or, or sign a bunch of offensive linemen. he might have a slight knee injury as is now. So. Oh, I mean, did you see when he was – Grabbing his knee, I thought yeah. he blew, uh, him. I thought he blew out his ACL like Beckham did. Yeah, I don't think it was that. Yeah, bad. but I, I saw a lot of Sewell this season, and I'm sure he'll be a fine addition to the yeah, line. But they, but they got the better player now, right? Like, you know, they they uh, you know he he's had a much bigger impact, and I don't care who they had blocking, they weren't stopping Luke Donald in that second half. Right. Um, like he that that one sack where he basically spun around the lineman and then suddenly was right you know in the quarterback's face like i don't care who was there he was going to push him back into the, uh, all, the quarterback all, the other well you know one thing we haven't talked about too is um you know they lost their receiver in the middle of that game yeah and wasn't playing like they didn't have uh, all of their uh, parts uh, for their offense, and yet they still kind of found a way to win. It, it was an entertaining game, and of course, I had a vested interest, so I realized that. I thought it was entertaining. All, all yeah. I know, all, all I know, is this: is like I, I would like my team to be able to go out in the middle of the year and get Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. That, that's sort of nice mid-season. Yeah. I mean, they could. They just, you know, you could have. But one thing we should bring up because it, 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 you know, we can contrast it to hockey. Um, I hate the NFL tradition of handing the Lombardi trophy to the owner. We do it right yeah, yeah. in the NHL. We give it to the players. The players win it, not the owner. Uh, so that Lombardi trophy, you know, should go to the players. Uh, for <laughs> No problem with the owners getting it. But not first. And, and I think Aaron Donald is going to retire. I do. Yeah, and especially somebody as distasteful, at least the St. Louis fans, as Stan Kroenke. But anyway, yeah. uh, hello, hockey world. Today is Monday, February fourteenth, twenty twenty-two, Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Kevin Allen, hockey buzz. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Okay, let's start with the trade that occurred uh, around noon. Um, the first, I would say, of the, you know, it's it, we're five weeks away from the deadline, but this is a dead, this is sort of a deadline deal, or a, mm -hmm. you know, um, where and and Kev, I know that you mentioned it a few weeks back. That yeah, well, yeah, th this was one of those ones where there was a comfort level. Um, Sutter knows Toffoli really well, liked him as a player, felt they needed more offense. Said to his boss, "Get me Toffoli," and uh, they did. I didn't think they paid uh, a whole lot. They're giving up their first round pick and then some other players to kind of make it work other assets, but, um, and they get, uh, you know, years on the deal. They're going to have to fully a while. This is not a rental. Um, and I think this will help uh, Calgary. They're already, you know, they're a team that's already hard to play against, and now they've added uh, to their offense. So 
Um, and they didn't give, you know, they didn't hurt themselves for this year by getting that player. So this is a, this is a good move. And to be honest, not every team could have made this deal. Um, uh, you know, the fact taking in salary uh, over the next few years, even a little bit, I mean, this is only 4 million plus, right? He's four, four and change. Four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, they were in a position where they could make this work. And I, I like this trade from, from Calgary. I mean, it, it could be the kind of thing, uh, I know Sutter feels it will, uh, the kind of thing that could give them an edge in making the playoffs because it's still, you know, not for certain that they're going to make playoffs. Now, Rossi, the, the, the entire deal is Toffoli going to the Flames for Tyler Pitlick, and he's an expiring contract at the end of this year. So basically, he, he's making a million seven five. So that's, you know, that's a discount on Toffoli's deal. Uh, Emil. Henneman, Heineman uh, yeah. Heineman or he- is it Heineman or Henneman? Heineman. Okay, Heineman. Uh, a conditional 2022 first round pick. The condition is top 10 protected. I'm assuming if it if it is a top 10 uh, in the top 10, then it would slide to the next year. And a 2023 fifth round pick. So what do you think of the cost on that one? It's it's way too high. I mean, here's the thing. I Daryl Sutter's already antiquated in the sense that thinking. He's going to win the cup. Now, if they need the revenue for the playoffs, hey, that's what they're going for then, right? Because they'll probably make the playoffs and they'll get some revenue. Tyler Toffoli has not been great in the playoffs. He's been very hit and miss. He was great for that cup run, and he was great last year and not so good in between. So I don't know what he's going to do in the playoffs. They're going to be stuck with his term in two years. If they don't win the cup, they're going to be stuck with Toffoli with two more years, no Sutter, and less draft picks and not a great farm system because Heineman will be up in a year or two and he can play second or third line and this guy can score. So it's not like Emil Heineman is just like this. And eh, maybe he'll make it in the NHL pick. He's better than that. And he's partially developed already playing in the SHL and scoring goals there. So I thought the cost was way too high, but they made it early. So they, you know, again, you want to do it early. Gordon's going to hold you over the fire. They did it. But I can't think of the last time that Calgary didn't get taken for too much on a trade, even though they may have gotten a good asset in return. They got a good asset, but I also think the minute Tafoli slows down, he's gonna that that is oh. gonna be a bad contract. Well, I, Ross, I, go ahead. well, I just I just don't think Tafoli's gonna slow down before this contract runs out. He's only twenty nine years old. Yeah, I think a, he will. I, he's, a, he he's a consistent scorer. Like, well, this um, year's got nine goals, but he's on a bad team, so we'll see. Yeah, he's on a horrible team, and he had 28 goals when he was on a good team. Yeah, the, the, he'll the, score goals in the regular season. To me, if he doesn't score them in the playoffs, I don't even care what he does in the regular. But he's but he's I never been he known as he's never been known as a blazer. He's not a bla- he doesn't. No, no, he's not, and that's what I'm saying. If he slows down a little bit more, it could really be a problem. But yeah, moment, I, I don't know how you can say he's not a playoff performer. He's got his half of He's got nine goals in 47 games. He's only – he's not even a half a point a game. Are we talking about the same guy? Yeah. No, yeah, he's, he's got 39 a- points in 76 games in the playoffs. Yeah, last okay. year last year he had 14 points in 22 right. games. The, yeah. The year, the year they won the Cup in, 20, in uh, 2014, the Kings, uh, he had seven goals, seven assists. Right. Um, but it was second year. It was the second year. In the big, those were his two big playoffs. What's the rest, Mike? He hasn't even been in the playoffs. So. He has. He's been in with Vancouver. He was in a couple more times. Uh, he, was, he had four points in seven games, two yeah. goals in seven games. So that's okay, you know. 
Um, he had six points in 12 games in his rookie year. And then he had two uh, other times when he was in the playoffs when they only lasted four games and nobody on the team scored and he didn't get any. Like, I, I don't know that you can say he's been a poor playoff performer. I just don't – he has to have a really good playoff for this to be worth it. That's what I'm saying. Well, this I is – and I haven't seen enough consistency from him in the playoffs to say it. Now, last year he was great. No this problem. is the, this is I mean, and where I and I don't, I don't really have an issue with the deal. I think it's a, a decent yeah. deal in, in terms of adding a, a a a quality top six forward. But what I, I mean, obviously, uh, the Flames are sort of going all in here in the sense that okay, Goudreau is a UFA at the end of the year. So now you're spending $4 million, four plus million dollars that maybe could have been put towards Goudreau and that's going towards Toffoli. And you have Kachuk, who's an RFA at the end of this year. Does the, does the acquisition of Toffoli increase the chances of either Goudreau or Kachuk not being back after this year? Well, I think one of them definitely won't be back. What's that, Russ? One of them definitely won't be back. Yeah, but I don't think it's because of this deal. I think they already know that um, what's going to happen with those, with those two players, and I think they're just you know like to see. I I you know I just don't see Russ how you can see this was an overpayment. You're not going to get a player like him without giving out a first round pick. And the other guy, just, the um, other guy is a better player than I think people are giving credit for. Besides, well, the I mean, the fifth I don't care it, about. It, uh, the uh, the fifth round pick is is no big deal, and no. you know I I don't know is this guy that's going to come up is he, if he, if he's a player in the league he's a player in the league but is he going to be an impact player because the phone is going to play in their top six. I, I think the reason you give up the the reason that they gave up the first round pick is because you got cost certainty at a re relatively right. low amount. That's, that is why. But I yeah, think he could sure. be an impact goal scorer. I do. Do I think he's a forty goal scorer? No. But do I think he could score twenty? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you pay for these days because there are very few 40 goal scores. No, I know. So. But I'll, t I'll tell you who's not happy about this deal. Ken Holland. Ken Holland is not happy about this deal because I think Calgary now sort of makes the first move. And, you know, okay, maybe Anaheim, maybe L.A. drop out of the race in the Pacific as things go along. But right now you have to assume they're going to stay in it based on the way that they've played so far. And now I think now Edmonton looks at this, even though they've won two games in a row under their new coach, I think they have to look at the situation and say, okay, um, either goaltender or defense, we got to make we got to make a move that sort of corresponds to this because Calgary now has sort of made a move to improve themselves in an area. You know, we we pretty much said that Calgary needed probably to add offense. They had the goaltending; their defense was pretty decently. It was pretty decent. They needed another more offense, and now I think Edmonton's got to sort of address their area of need. Otherwise, I think they lag behind. Yeah, but here's the thing. Um... I mean, you're right. Uh, they had to do that, um, but no matter what they do, their offense is not going to be as good as Edmonton. So, no. you know, the advantage that Edmonton has in offense isn't going to change, um, uh, no matter what they do. Uh, so, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're they're totally uh, upset about this, but you know, it does close the gap. I can't argue that um, because uh, that's what they needed, and you know, their goaltending advantage is so significant. You know. Uh, that, um, you know, I, it, to I, me, they're, they're a better team. I think their number two is better than Edmonton's number one. I think Vladar is better than Koskinen or Mike Smith. That's fair. 
that's fair. Yeah. Um, now, just as the show started, we had some breaking news here. Um, Jack Eichel will make his season debut on Wednesday against Colorado, and corresponding to that move, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, the Vegas general manager, announced that Mark Stone will be going on LTIR effective immediately. So Kucherov, Patrick Kane. Yeah. Please, Don't worry about go. losing Riley Smith. I did say that, and I, I was right about that. You know, yeah, now the only issue they got now is they still got Martinez to deal with. Um, right. Because, you know, the combination, well, um, yeah, they, they still have some work to do. But, yeah, the Mark Stone uh, situation. Um, and, you know, I, I've already had conversations with people about this uh, via email. Uh, they're upset that they think that they're that Vegas is pulling a fast one. But this, this is what I can tell you. You know, Stone probably shouldn't have been playing uh, anyway, but right, in, in this situation happens. in the hockey world, yeah, right, yeah, in the in the happens. hockey world. Sorry, go ahead. Well, well, I was just going to say, in, in the hockey world, you you play through these kind of agonizing, right. uh, painful deals, and they saw this as a way to hey, let let's clean it up. You'll be back in time for the playoffs, uh, and then we can get Eichel in, and you know, then everybody wins. You're going to feel better. Um, uh, for the playoffs, uh, you're going to get this resolved. You won't have your off season ruined. You're going to deal with it now. And then we get, uh, the help we need. Uh, and we don't have Riley Smith, uh, because that was the only possible. Yeah. LTIR is a joke. LTIR is basically yeah. an extra 10 million on your cap. That's what it is. It's like, it's an extra five to well, 10 million not, on your it's cap. Not, it's, no, no, I mean that, that, that that, that's wrong, Russ. It's not a joke. I mean, you have to have it or you wouldn't be able to function um, because, you know, guys do get seriously hurt. But, you know, they might have to st look at it, you know, look at it differently and sort of close off, uh, you know, these kind of things and say that you're, you know, that the cap continues into the playoffs. Or, right. It's not a joke. It's necessary. I mean, it's a joke the way it, it's distributed. It is. It, it, it's really poorly done in the sense. And look, nobody, no GM should complain because they're all going to do it if they're in that situation. Yes. You know that. For it's sure. A, I mean, those, those are the rules. But to me, this is on the PA. Yes. It is on the PA. That's true. Yeah. This yeah. I mean, that they, you know, but, you know, one of the problems is, uh, is, is that, you know, you're in these heavy negotiations, all the details of all this, and what you never can factor in is how creative everybody is. That's true. And then somebody figures out how to take advantage of it, and then you've got to close it off at some point. This um, is and uh, and so that's, that's what they're going to have to do. But, you know, you, you got to have long-term IR to deal with these kinds of situations. But for now... You know, there's a way to take advantage of it. And, uh, you know, guys, he wouldn't be getting the surgery, I don't think. I think he'd play through this. Uh, and he'd be miserable. Uh, yeah, there's so. no doubt. But so. this is a tool that every general manager is going to use. And, I I, I mean, honestly, it's like, I, I mean, I, I, the hue and cry. Oh, my God, they're going to no, take advantage just, well, of it. It's, it's more than a tool. It, it's become more than that. And the fact is they've left this open for the last few years without trying to close it up either. Like that's the, yeah, but nobody took advantage of it in, in a significant way 
until Kucherov. Um, they didn't do anything no, after that. Oh. And we have we haven't negotiated the deal since. No, then. but you could always amend the CBA no. if everybody whoa, votes whoa, whoa, whoa. on it. Time out. Going back to Kane, twenty yeah, well, fifteen, and and, and on top and on top of that, how many? Okay, how, how many? The uh, the Pavel Datsuk deal to to Arizona, the Nathan Horton David Clarkson deal between Columbus and Toronto. Manipulating the LTIR is something that teams are are just doing every year. So yeah. yes, you could change it, and maybe what Ted Starkey suggested. Uh, and on Friday, because um, we were starting to hear rumors of the possibility of this happening, he said, you know, the cap extending into the playoffs is something that could – could. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think it will. I think it will on the next CBA. That's for sure. They don't have to wait until the next CBA. Yeah, yes, yeah, they do. <laughs> well, yeah, you can bring it up. It doesn't mean they'll summarily turn it down if there's something no, else they want. Yeah, the reason they do is, is, and you know how this works too, you're just not thinking about it. Somebody's going to want something in return for that. No, no, I said that. Unless, unless they might have something already that they, the other side could use. That's what I was saying. Yeah, but it's it doesn't. You, you know, you don't do it out of season because it's going to cost you something, and, and usually that something is very big. So um, they won't do it again until they actually have a different. But I'm pretty sure we'll, we're going to see the, the the cap stretching into the. Uh, but this is again like the college free agent thing. Everybody always says close up the loophole, but you know what? The GMs don't want to close up the loophole. They don't want to close that up, and nobody does. That's right. the problem with that. I I've brought that up to people. I know. And they said, Why do you want to close that up? Players yeah. love it because it's a w- way for them well, to. Well, because there's a. There, I didn't say I did. I I think the loophole is fine the way it is, but there are a lot of prize when there are players from the CHL and the other leagues that don't get to call their own shots, like a. NCAA player does. I mean, they eventually right. get to call their own shot. That's no, a pretty big deal. That is that is a very much a pretty big deal, but nobody wants to change it, so it isn't going to change. No, it's not going to change. I agree with that. So, you know, and uh, uh, when's the last time that fairness had anything to do with it? <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, it's it's it is really a, a you know kind of a, a bizarre you know, situation, how, uh, you know, this kind of all works, but, uh, it sure makes it, uh, fascinating though. It makes uh, it interesting for us. There's no, doubt. Yes, it does. It, it really does. And, um, you know, now we got, now we're on the Martinez watch because, right. you know, he has a very serious lacerated face. I mean, it's not like he yeah. hasn't had a significant injury, but he's been skating a while now. Yeah. So, so at some point here, they're going to deal with that. And, and, and you're only get 10 million on that, that, uh, you know, extended. Uh, Does he have uh, any yeah. more? Is he a UFA or does he have another year? No, they they signed him to an extension. Yeah, so, he's got an extension. He's he, here for he a while. Go to Seattle or Arizona? No, they're not. Gonna oh, trade they're, him. they're not trading him. Oh, you don't no. think they're going to trade him? No, they'll trade. No, Dad not at all. They'll trade. We Dad say no. they're going to trade Dad not, but what if nobody wants him, Mike? Well, then trade who? Dad not. We we keep saying that, but apparently I, nobody I, wants I don't. Him. I don't. Yeah, I don't see see that they can trade Dad not. I think it's got to be Riley Smith. So, yeah, I um, don't know. That would unless they pay somebody off, uh, you know, yeah. if they, you know, they overpaid. Oh, that never Arizona. happens. <laughs> well, I mean, they can overpay the Arizona Coyotes or somebody to take yeah. that off. I mean, um, but that extra year just makes it hard. The, co- it the Coyotes need need a cap hit for next they year. They need a cap hit. Yeah. Okay, uh, 
So, um, Kev, you wrote about Darcy Kemper, and I just Darcy Kemper had a shutout yesterday. Is uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I've been talking to people about this too because uh, you know the one element that's been missing from um, all of our discussions, and we've talked about it frequently, of the Colorado's team's need for a goalie. And um, I know Mike is concerned about uh, uh, his injury history, and uh, plus he hadn't he had been real up and down. Uh, you know, if you look at his his starts over the uh, start of the season, you know, he's had a bunch of them where he's given up a bunch of goals and he's had some nice ones. But all of a sudden he has settled into a rhythm now. Like Colorado, the team is playing very well, but so is Kemper. In his last nine starts, I went through every start. He's at a 9.52 save percentage. Um, you know, he's uh, 7-0-1 in those uh, uh, nine starts. And I've been talking to people around the league, and they all have said the same thing. He looks really good. And uh, so the question is, and what we've not known when we've discussed all this is how Sackick feels about it. Uh, and that's always a hard read because uh, he's not the hardest guy in the league to read, but he's one of the guys. And uh, you never quite know what he's thinking. He plays his cards close to the vest. And a couple of guys have told me they do not think he's necessarily going to go out and get a goaltender. You know, his – the average uh, Kemper's save percentage is up to 918 now. The average has fallen to 909. You know, his the team save percentage in Colorado now is at the, exactly the same place where the Tampa Bay Lightning is. Uh, Kemper's goals against average and save percentage have crept up close to where, uh, 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 you know, Campbell's is of Toronto. Um, yeah, there's one guy on this panel that's worried about the Colorado goaltending. I, I haven't been, I'm not, but there's one guy on this panel that does. Yeah. And I'm, well, and I, and no, I'm, I've, I've been concerned about it. I've watched a lot of Colorado's games early on, and I thought that Kemper wasn't playing at a high level. I'm not concerned about his injury, but I am concerned yeah. about, about his uh, goaltending. But he's been very, yeah. very good. And I'm and, the exact opposite. I'm not worried about him as a qual as a quality goaltender. I'm worried about a, him getting hurt. And and yeah. you know, I mean, say, I can understand why Sackick. You know, maybe there are other fish to fry before the deadline, Kev. Because I mean, we've heard you know the Giroux rumors, or we've heard them going after a forward, or maybe another defenseman. Um, I just you know, I just see what happened in the bubble a couple of years ago and them en ending up with Michael Hutchinson in game seven. And that's why I'm like, a, if it was me, I'm like, OK, may, you know, maybe I don't go out and get myself a number one. Maybe I go out and get myself a really good number three. And yeah. so, so I don't have Michael Hutchinson with my life. Yeah. On it. Well, you know, my thought is this. Um, and they've been linked to rumors. There's been uh, good reporting that uh, uh, the. Uh, Philadelphia, the, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers have been looking at Colorado's uh, prospects um, that, so they've obviously had some discussions about Drew, but I think a better way to go is they should get in the Sherratt, uh standings. You know, first of all, he's yeah, only going to, he's a three. They stayed in Philly for like five straight days looking at everybody. In yeah. Philly. Yeah. Well, there's been really good reporting about, uh, what uh, they've been looking at in terms of the prospects and stuff. But anyway, the point of all is I, if I was them, I'd be looking at Sherrod because, you know, that's what they need to, for the playoffs. I'm a guy like him that's hard to play against. He's good defensively. He's a shutdown guy. They got plenty of offense. They got, so you, they don't think hurt, you don't think Sherrod's hurt? You think they're playing possum with that so he stays healthy? 
for the trade deadline? Oh, he, he, well, no, he's, he's on, on the IR. Yeah. So, but he's only supposed to be there a week. I know, but this is Ben Sherratt we're talking about. Like, every year it seems he's been getting hurt before the deadline lately. He's one of those well, guys that has before. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't really have an idea. But I, I, I think Sherratt is fine to play. And I, I just think, like, if I was Colorado, that's a guy that I'd be pursuing. Um, it's a lot less uh, uh, costly. It's going to cost you a first-round pick, but, you know, they're going to pick, you know, 28th or right. 29th. And Sherratt, you know, we, we saw what he can do. Oh, no, he's, he could be a difference maker. Yeah, he can. And I think they, they could use him even more than Giroux. Um, and, you know, Giroux's, uh, you know, I can see the lure there. I mean, you know, yeah, they got enough goals, but uh, Giroux gets fired up. He plays a, a feisty, passionate style, so I can see the value there. But I'm just saying, you know, right now they have Jack Johnson, you know, playing some minutes, and I just think Sherratt would be better than Jack Johnson, even though I'm oh, – there's a, no a, doubt about that. You know what's funny, though, Kev? I just feel like the Giroux thing is coming from Sackick. And I think he probably sees that he's not going to re-sign Kadri. And if he gets Giroux, he will try and sweet-talk him into extending with the team, especially if they're very close to the cup. And I think that's what Sackick's plan is, really. Yeah, because there's no way there's no way that in, in, no way on God's green earth that Nazem Kadri is going to re-sign with Colorado because he's not going to take less because right. they would want him back for less because they got to sign McKinnon, and that's not going to happen. Giroux might take less to win a cup. Yes, Kadri is thirty, turning thirty-two. This is his last chance to make big money. Yeah. He's a center. There are teams out there that need centers, so he's gonna he's gonna try to hit it, hit the grand slam home run, and he's not gonna hit the grand slam home run with with the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, um, the Flyers. I will say just again, they have to do better than Justin Barron and Sample Ronta. They that 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 has to if that were to occur. That would not be a good trade. Even if there's a first round pick attached, that would not be a great trade. They got to do better than that with at least one of those prospects, if not two of them. But the challenge there, Russ, like we said on off the post, is the fact that Giroux's got an eight and a quarter million dollar contract. Uh-huh. Is but he is, you know, probably the second best for, uh, rental forward in this rental class next yeah, to he's one of the top three face-off guys in the league. You could put him on the wing or on the, or in center, yeah. you could put him on the power play or the penalty kill. Like there's a lot of ways you can use Claude Giroux. Well, and we've got now um, multiple ways to launder him. Um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You can launder him through uh, Arizona, Detroit, um, Seattle. So you can get him down to, you know, 2 million. Right. You know, Philadelphia will keep half. Um, and then you can ship them through Detroit. Now you're going to end up paying a lot more for them, but yes. yeah. um, but still, I mean, I think it would be worth it to get him down. He's one of those guys that I think is worth laundering. You oh know, yeah, no, not, I do. Not everybody is, but he is. Yeah. So, now, now uh, switching to the Olympics here for a second. Um, starting with starting with the men because the women we know the matchup that's going to be on Wednesday and it's the matchup we've been waiting for which is Canada US so we'll address that one as we get closer to the to that game but 
Kev, Russ and I talked on Friday night when it was Canada, U.S. And first of all, I find it laughable. The, the accuracy of the of the CNN Twitter feed, uh, the article that CNN posted uh, regarding, well, this is the U.S.'s first victory over Canada since, 20, since 2010, which is, that's true. But, and, it's, and then they said, spurring on memories of the 1980 miracle on ice. Nobody who's watching this tournament is mistaking what we're watching with 1980 no. or 1998 or anything. It, this, close this, to that. Russ and I were watching the Canada-US game, and it was competitive, but, Kev, it was AHL caliber. It really was. It yeah. was sloppy. Yeah, no, I, I don't know why they would write that because uh, it's not anything close. I mean, the only thing that's the same is is that we went with college players in 1980 and we were going with college players now. That's the only similarity, and it's a completely different uh, situation because, you know, they were going up against the Soviets who had uh, some of the best talent in the world then. I mean, yeah. the, the, the talent that was on the Soviet team – it was not only you know great for that era, but great for all eras, uh, and uh, you know that's what makes it different. But you know, as it's turned out, uh, Helene uh, Elliott of the LA Times wrote a really nice piece, and it was very very accurate, where she just says it's it's looking like the uh, USA Hockey made the right decision uh, to go with the younger group, yeah, no um, and uh, and because that group is talented, you know, there's a lot of skill there. Um, and their goaltending has been good. Um, and they've well, was got I accurate about Drew Camesso? I think I was. Yeah, you were. But the also Strauss man is uh, you know, uh, is has done a good job as well. Yes, uh, no question. So, yeah, who do you think he's going to sign with? It's a good. Question. Any idea, Russ? No, yeah. no idea. Yeah, the problem with him is he's obviously six foot. So yeah, you know that's going to somebody will do it. Oh no, there's there's like eleven teams interested, yeah. Russ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, at least that's well, what I've heard. So, well, let, 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 just I don't let's, let's let's deviate just just because it's funny. A couple weeks ago, um, Jeff Merrick reported that a undrafted OHL goaltender named Matt Guzda, who's six five and two twenty, I think, like big, tall, but he was never drafted. He was twenty one years old. He got signed by the Florida Panthers, and. Kev, there is still that prejudice against, you know, like, oh, we, the big goalie, the six foot five goalie, right? But the six foot goaltender, you know, okay, there's UC Saros and there's a couple other guys, but there's still a prejudice against the short goalie, still. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's, uh, it's somewhat cyclical, um, but, uh, uh, you know, what we need is, uh, you know, the six foot goalie to, you know, come in and dominate and, you know, then we'll all of a sudden we'll be looking for small, quick goalies again. You know, you don't know how it goes. <laughs> so, yeah. but, um, but going back to the Olympics, Russ, it's like, I, I, it was funny. Cause I, I was listening to the, the, the CBC broadcast and they're like, well, you know, uh, Canada has got to be, I can't even remember who they played the, the, their final game, but they were rooting for the U S to lose, to lose to, uh, Germany, I believe it was, um, to, because if the U S went undefeated, they would get the, they would get the buy, uh, from the first round of the, uh, the, the quarterfinals. And I'm like, okay, Canada is going to play China 
that's like a buy. Are you kidding me? I mean, like, you know, the only the only advantage that they don't get is they get a day of they get a day of rest. The yeah. US, as yeah, no, to- that. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what everybody has been saying when you see the analysts of it. That the only reason is is you don't you know you don't get that time off. But I you know I've always kind of questioned whether that's good or not. I I feel like when you're in playoffs or in the medal round like you like the rhythm of playing every other day and getting out there yeah so yeah so i don't know that you need you know rest so much in the uh, olympics in a a format like this uh where you played three preliminary games and now you're right into the medal round and all the games that are important i think uh you know you want to keep your team into it you know thinking about it focused um, so I think you want to play every other day, if you ask me. Yeah, I on off the post and also definitely on, on Locked On Olympics podcast, I talked about Parker Fu, and he ended up scoring the first goal for um, for China. Uh, I think there's a chance he could get signed. I'm hoping for him. And so, or is it, you know, no, Spencer, I think, has to get signed. Parker, I think, is is with Chicago. I think it's Spencer. Uh, One of them Spencer signed well. He, I know he signed a couple of years ago with Calgary. He was with Calgary. Calgary. So he has rights. I don't know if Parker's has rights with somebody anymore, but I'm hoping he can get over to North America because he might be, you know, a bottom like a fourth line player. And well, we'll see. I mean, he was happy to see him get the goal. Um, the one thing I was looking at for Strauss, man, I could see a team like the Devils going after him. Because the way they've had injuries in goal, they're not going to hang on to Wedgwood forever. They, Bernier, he's probably, you know, with that hip injury, who knows what's going to happen with him. I could see Strauss Mann fitting into their system. Yeah. He's from the East Coast. I think he's from Connecticut, is he not? Connecticut. That's the other reason, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm pretty sure Wedgwood got claimed. Yeah, Wedgwood got claimed. He's on He's on Arizona now. Now it's now it's oh, that's right. Now it's Gillies. Gillies. Yeah, yeah. So they need a goalie. I could see him go then make and a they, heavy play for him. And they called up Nico Dawes when they didn't even really right. want to. They had Akira Schmid up a couple a couple weeks ago. Yeah, because he's he's twenty three. Yep. So yeah. So Parker is the kid who's Chicago. So I think Spencer is really without an affiliation now. So maybe he'll get another crack at it. What What I'm surprised at Kev uh, is the fact that you know we thought that it was possible that they were going to extend the taxi squads after the all-star break and they stuck with their guns they didn't do it and i mean i'm a little surprised now you know maybe they just didn't want from what i understand they just didn't want like what they considered money outside of the system um because it was meaning money that uh you know like you were burying money on the taxi squad like for example the leafs were burying nick ritchie or kyle clifford now yeah. now they're down in the american hockey league now that money isn't outside the system now it's now they're down in the minors and now it's it's factored in but i still think you know even though we may not have games postponed because of covid we're going to have situations like the islanders right now who lose varlamov to covid and now they call up Corey schneider yeah well <laughs> The only thing I would say about that is, uh, and we'll give the league some credit for this, um, they are carefully monitoring um, where we are in the pandemic. And um, I think um, one of the things that they paid attention to is when 
um, you know, the experts thought that this was going to um, sort of die down a little bit. And, you know, we already are seeing that. Um, you know, I know here in Detroit, well, I'm actually not in Detroit, but in Detroit where I normally live, um, uh, Jeff Blaschel, they have Veronic on uh, the COVID list. And he said they were prepared uh, thinking there was going to be more players coming out of the break that, you know, these players were gone. They were, they were out and about, but it just so happens that now where we are in the pandemic is uh, at least in Michigan. And I think in elsewhere, uh, as well. There are fewer cases, the number of hospitalizations have gone down, um, and it looks like it's uh, um, less of going to be less of a problem than it was four weeks ago. So I think they did sort of factor that in. They have a lot of medical experts that they consult. I think they felt like it was going to be down and you could sort of get away with it. And as you pointed out accurately, you know, they're afraid that, you know, these same general managers who manipulate the salary cap and the long-term IR to their advantage. We're also doing, going to do the same thing with the taxi squad. So I think that's why they didn't do it. Um, one last thing here before we end the show, uh, Pierre Lebrun uh, was reporting that, you know, nothing's been decided yet, but um, there is expected to be the world cup of hockey in 2024. And they're expecting no team Europe, and no team North America, which I'm assuming that means, you know, that Slovakia and, you know, how, I don't know what they would, what they'll do, but um, I mean, honestly, I thought the most entertaining thing of the last world cup was team North America. So the God knows they had to do away, do away with that. Yeah. But I mean, I, you know, I, I think the leagues would shut down to, you know, allow like the Slovakian league would shut down, allow you know, the best Slovakian players come over and play. So I guess, I mean, it probably wouldn't kill them, but that's the only way they're going to field the team. That's for sure. Well, I, the thing I don't like about this, and I, I know that the, from every, every report out there, they're saying that this is going to be the case. They want to shut down the season in February. I'm just as much against shutting down the season in February for the Olympics as I am for the World Cup of Hockey. The only difference here is they're getting hockey really, they're getting revenue out of this one because there's a, a money sharing agreement between them and the IIHF. But you're stopping the season. Yeah, you're stopping I, the season I, midway. I want to, to he was just asking about the under twenty three, and we've already said they're never going to do that again because they were they were too good, and this time they might actually win, and they wouldn't want to do that. But Kev, what, what do you what do you think the, the the appetite is amongst the owners for stopping the season for two weeks in February to risk your players in an international tournament? Well, I mean, I think the same things apply. That you know, we're going to go to the Olympics in in two thousand and twenty six. Yes, uh, for sure. Um, and uh, I think you answered your own question because there'll be revenue coming in. So the revenue. Uh, is not going to be an issue. I think they'll replace uh, any losses that uh, might come about from, you know, the stop and restart. But the, the question that still remains is the risk of injury. Um, you know, uh, you know, guys could get hurt in the World Cup. The intensity. I don't remember is anybody getting hurt in the last one? Do you? I don't remember there being a. No, I mean it. It could happen. Sure, uh, you but know. that was in September. Right, that's why. Yeah, it was in September. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, all you have to talk about is John Tavares in Sochi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Islanders weren't a playoff team, but if the Islanders were a playoff team, you think 
that uh, I think it was Charles Wong at that. But I think Charles Wong would have raised a complete crap fit. I think he would have. But yeah, anyway. wouldn't have done him any good. But he no, right. <laughs> no, no. But okay, uh, great show, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for Kevin Allen for Russ Cohen. I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.